Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by patrons like Garth Shields. Support Switchcraft and my other content for as little as a dollar and get exclusive rewards at patreon.com slash run jump stomp. Also by Audible. Get two free audiobooks when you sign up today for your 30-day trial at runjumpstomp.com slash audible. Okay, everybody, it's Saturday, September 9th. I almost said November for some reason. And we're on episode 80 of Switchcraft. We'll start today with feedback. We've got a review from Red 11 uh, Hopefully I said that name right. Uh, they reviewed the show on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever it is that Apple's calling it these days. And they said, I've been listening to the uh, to gaming podcasts for over 10 years. This solo podcaster has one of the most logical, concise, and friendly approaches to podcasts I've ever heard. The host covers the news that Nintendo fans care about. Furthermore, he knows what he's talking about. In addition, the host stays constructive when other reviewer, reviewers give him criticism for factors that are not necessarily relevant to a solo podcaster's show. Thanks for taking the time to keep your show going. Many of us appreciate what you put the effort into doing. Well, thank you very much, Root11. I hope I said your name the right way. Um, And and he is right. I I do take criticism fairly well. What I do want to say is that the critiques that I've gotten where people have been less than happy with the show... I don't think that those are uh, un- irrelevant to the show that I do. They're just telling me that what they look for in a podcast. And I appreciate when people point that stuff out to me. I also appreciate when people tell me that they like the show. That's really great. So if, if you like the show and you want to help us get uh, more ears uh, listening, then head on over to Apple Podcasts or iTunes and give a review. I I promise I'll read it. So last episode, I had a voicemail from Vincent. I asked what they teach and they responded with an email on runjumpstomp at gmail.com, by the way. They said, hey, RJS, this is Vincent again. Thanks for playing my voicemail on the air. It was cool to hear. I teach fourth grade in a school district around Dallas. Of course, as soon as I hung up, I thought of uh, some other things that I could have said. The Switch is my first home console since the GameCube. Up until the Switch came out, I just played my DS or 3DS, and that was mainly just for Pokemon games. Part of the appeal of the Switch to me is that I would be able to use it at school to play games with my kids, uh, whether it be as an incentive or part of a lesson or something like that. Nothing like that has occurred in my class yet, but we will see. I have a vision of having my class play Mario Kart and collecting some sort of data on it. Uh, That would be pretty cool, I think. Anyway, I'll leave you a review on your show on iTunes one of these days. Thanks for all you do for the uh, Switch community. Uh, Well, that's awesome that you want to bring gaming into your classroom. One thing that I would recommend is you check out at Teacher in Me. It's a Twitter account, and it's another listener of the show, um, but they also, 
uh, integrate gaming into their classroom. I believe that he teaches third grade. Uh, so I, I, I would definitely uh, follow him on Twitter and see what it is that he's talking about. Maybe he can give you some pointers as to how to uh, bring gaming uh, into your classroom and to help motivate those students that might otherwise be a little bit distant. Uh, anyway, thanks so much for the email, uh, Vincent. I very much appreciate it. And thank you to Red11 for the review. Let's jump into, oh, no, hold on. Let's not. I almost forgot. Scott emailed as well. Uh, he said two things. Uh, number one, you said that if you buy the physical version of Resident Evil 1, you don't have to worry about the file sizes. Actually, I think re I remember reading somewhere that even the physical version would only contain number one on the cartridge and then a download code for Resident Evil 2, which is, of course, horrible. And one reason I might pass on this. Number two, you asked what size micro SD cards people had. I have a 128 gigabyte because I'm buying a physical of everything I possibly can due to resale and longevity. I don't trust digital downloads. As a result, this is going to affect my purchase decision of Resident Evil 1 and 2. Uh, thank you very much for the email, Scott. I, I appreciate it. And you are totally correct. After you mentioned that, I was like, oh, you know what? I think I do remember reading something about that. So I looked it up and I've got a link in the show notes uh, so you guys can read the, sto the story. Uh, he is indeed correct that Resident Evil Revelations 1 is, in fact, the only thing that's on the cartridge. And the second game uh, you get for free through a, through a download code. So that's not awesome. Um, I have a 128 gigabyte um, uh, SD card on my Switch. And so far, I haven't even come close to filling it. And I've got quite a few games on there, but a lot of them are indie games. Now, Resident Evil 1, I think, was um, 16 gigabytes. And Resident Evil Revelations 2 was 26 gigabytes. So that actually eats up quite a bit of data on your SD card. So uh, I do know that that the um, the Switch can support up to a two terabyte SD card, which I think don't even exist yet. Uh, and that would be incredibly expensive. I still think that 128 gigs is the sweet spot, especially because you can always delete a game and then re-download it later. And I believe it even saves your save data. So your save data isn't necessarily tied to having the game files on your Switch. So if you are playing a game for a while and you feel like you're kind of done with it and then something new comes out and you need to make room, you can always delete a game and then re-download it. And this is something that I've had to do on my PS4 because I don't have an external hard drive for my PS4 and um, with PSN uh, you get a bunch of free games. Well, they're not free. I mean, you're paying for them, but you get a bunch of games uh, every month for download. And I was downloading a like, I wasn't even thinking about it. I was just download everything, download everything. And I ran out of room and I was like, Oh no, I, I wanted to download this game and I can't download it because my PS4 is full. And it, that never even occurred to me. I had to look up the error because it, it didn't just say your PS4 is full. It just, wouldn't download anything. Um, so, you know, this, this is not a problem that's, uh, isolated to the switch. And I do think that uh, it, it would kind of suck to have to have to have to juggle memory cards. So if you can afford a bigger memory card, then go for the biggest one you can afford. Um, otherwise I think 128 gigs is the sweet spot. 
Uh, what do you guys think about this Resident Evil 1 and 2 only having one on the cartridge? Is that going to affect your decision like Scott? Or, or is it a game that you're going to get either way? I think it's a game that I'm going to be getting either way. And it's also a game I don't have to share with my son because he's nine and it's not an appropriate game for him. So I probably will end up getting the digital version. I don't see any advantage to getting the physical version because, I mean, I save 10% by getting a physical version on Amazon or was it 20%? Anyway, I think the game is $20, so I would only save a couple bucks and then have that's one more cartridge that I have to deal with. So I think I may end up going with digital for Resident Evil. And uh, other, other things he said was, oh gosh, where was it? Oh yeah, he, he wanted to keep games due to uh, resale value and longevity. He doesn't trust digital downloads. I got some bad news for you, Scott. I think that that is the future of... Of things you're going to be doing digital downloads in the future whether we like it or not I think physical media is going away and uh, right now I I would personally go all digital except that I want to be able to share games with my son because he has his own switch but I would personally rather go all digital because then I don't have to worry about losing the cartridge the tiny little horrible tasting cartridge um, and I think that getting the games digitally, it's just a whole lot less hassle to jump into a game and switch to a different one. I, and I know it's, you know, first world problems, taking a cartridge out. I worry that over time, the, the, the cartridge mechanism for inserting the cartridge and taking it out is going to wear out before I think that there would be a problem with digital games. Now, I guess the the one thing that would make me really upset about going digital that would really tick me off is if the next iteration of a Nintendo Switch or a Nintendo console is backwards compatible with the Switch uh, physically but not digitally. So like if Nintendo is not actually putting the these games on our accounts to play on some future version, uh, that would really kind of tick me off, especially if I could play them if I had the cartridge. What do you guys think? Are, are you here? Here's a question that I want to know from you guys. Are you mostly physical or mostly digital? Let me know. Ship it. Super Metroid only on the Super NES. Well, Variety uh, scored an interview with Reggie fils and they asked him, are we going to see supply constraints come holiday time? Uh, his response was certainly the demand is there and our supply chain is there. Are we going to have enough for the holiday? That's what we are focused on. Um, that is a whole bunch of non-answer right there, and it really makes me nervous about what is going to happen with Nintendo this holiday season because if they don't have enough in stores, it is going to be really, really hard to get one. And the harder it is to get one, the more enticing it is for scalpers to get in there and try and buy them. And that makes it even harder to find one. And this is, is this is a loop or a self a self replicating uh, issue that just keeps getting worse, where people cannot buy things from Nintendo. So I, I hope that they're going to have enough. Uh, it's 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 not great that that Reggie's um, his response was that's what we're focused on. It would have been nice if he could commit to being able to fulfill demand this season, uh, but it looks like they might not. 
he also said he also wanted to remind people that that people think of Nintendo as a pure gaming company and they see themselves as an entertainment company. Um, I think that has a lot to do with the fact that they're making these. Um, oh gosh, what the heck was it called? Uh, Super Nintendo World in in uh, like uh, theme parks, which is really cool. Uh, I'm excited about those. I wish that there was one near me. I'll probably never get a chance to go to one, but I think it's cool that it's going to exist. And I I think it's good for Nintendo to diversify their platform because for uh, when when the Wii U was doing bad, Nintendo was having some real financial woes. I mean, they had a bunch of money in the vault, you know, their Scrooge McDuck vault just sitting there so Shiggy could jump in and swim around. But that wasn't going to last forever, and it's good that that the Switch is doing as well as it is because it's it's it has turned the company around big time. I mean, just this month we've had release after release of awesome game. I mean, it hasn't been a bunch of third party games, but or, or I'm sorry, uh, big third party games, but it's a bunch of indie games, and then we've got the big games from Nintendo as well, uh, and then we had the Nindies at Night where they announced a whole bunch of uh, some some exclusive stuff, some console ex- exclusive stuff, some timed exclusive stuff. And Nintendo seems to be doing very, very well. It's I'm happy to see that they're turned around. I just hope that they can increase that production and make enough switches to get them into customers' hands. Something that I've read, and I don't know if it's true, is that they're competing with Apple for memory. That's really a tough spot to be in. You don't want to. You really don't want to compete with Apple for parts anytime because Apple has so much money. They can just buy the company and say, "All right, all of the parts are going to us now." Uh, Apple's got uh, a big, big buckets of money. If you if you think that Nintendo had a big fat wallet, well, Apple's got a much bigger, fatter wallet. Like it could eat Nintendo's wallet. And the fact that the idea of those two companies being in competition for memory really makes me nervous for what's going to come this holiday season with Nintendo. Like, they're not going to be able to fulfill demand, and there's going to be people in lines. And that sucks. I mean, it's good for Nintendo, but it'd be better for Nintendo if they were just selling consoles. A lot of people will always believe that Nintendo constrains supply on purpose because they think that having a constrained supply will drive up demand. And while that might be true, that's money that they're missing out on. And no company is going to do that on purpose and throw away that money. Their system is good and it's selling very, very well. This is not one of those times where they would need to do that anyway. Uh, So I hope that Nintendo pulls this one off, but I'm very skeptical because if they were going to, Reggie would have said so. Zelda! The legend of Zelda continues. Defeat your enemies and save the kingdom. Okay, here's a story that I am very, very excited about. And that is ARMS is getting custom controls. And how do we know this? We know this from ARMS underscore Cobutter uh, on Twitter. They tweeted out a, a, a GIF. Uh, it's a Japanese menu system for arms, and they show off how you can rebind all of the different um, parts of the game to wherever you want. This is a 
I, I mean, forgive the pun. This is a game changer for me. My biggest issue with arms, because I prefer to play with traditional controls, is where the block button was located. The block button was located on the left stick. It was a pain in the butt. It was not great. I felt like I had to push down too hard on it. I never really liked anything important being on one of the sticks. Maybe a map button or something like that. That's fine. But I don't like using... Uh, clicking in the sticks on any controller for just about anything. I'm very happy to tell you that we're going to be getting this. Uh, is My guess is that generally when Arms Cobutter tweets something, whatever it is that they're tweeting usually comes out within a month or maybe six weeks. So I'm going to guess that we're probably going to be getting this within the next five weeks alongside with um, Lollipop, who is the that balloon clown lady, um, as well as the the candy-themed um, uh, stage and the new weapons. Uh, I think that ARMS needs to keep doing what it's doing. I think that it's doing a great job. I, are people playing it? Yes. Am I playing it? Really not that much. I've got too much other stuff to play. But I'm very excited to play it with um, with remapped controls because what I'm going to do is I'm going to be binding the block button to B because I don't use A and B for anything. Maybe I'll put block on both of those because the only thing that those are used for currently is if you are um, want to use them to punch. But I think it's much better to punch using the triggers. And obviously Nintendo did too because they put it on there as an option. Why they ever thought it was a good idea to bind um, block to the left stick, I don't understand. I Well, okay, that's not true. I do understand. They wanted it to be consistent with using a single Joy-Con. Uh, so if I bring my Switch someplace and I pull the Joy-Cons off, I hand one to somebody, and I'm using the other one, it makes perfect sense for block to be on the stick. Uh, there's just not enough buttons otherwise. At least I don't think there are. Um, that being said, why wasn't this an option at launch for people to make their own control schemes? I really don't know unless, and, and it seems kind of mustache twirly to me, you know, a little bit evil, unless it was them watching, like, how active are the servers? Okay, well, the servers are starting to, maybe people are starting to lose interest. Let's push this update with Lollipop and the custom controls and we'll get a brand new influx of people that are more that are excited about the game. And I think that is a mistake if that's what they did. I think it would be much better if they had the custom controls to begin with because I think that there's a lot of people, well, I don't know if it's a lot, but there's definitely some people who tried the global test punch, both the first one and the second one, and they decided then that they didn't like the game because of the controls because of having block on the stick, because I'll tell you, it re I really did not like having block on the stick. In fact, you can guarantee I'm not going to touch arms again until the custom controls are in now, because I'm just too excited for uh, not having to click in that stick again. It's just too much of a pain. Uh, anyway, so let's uh, hope this comes sooner rather than later. I am very much looking forward to playing some more arms. I want to check out Lollipop, and I'm very happy to get rid of the uh, 
the uh, the block on the stick. You know, something else while I'm thinking about it, you can also bind, uh, if let's say you're not using traditional controls. Let's say you're using the motion controls. That means you can bind the block to the SR and SL buttons, which means you don't have to do the block thing where you move your hands, uh, tilting the tops of your hands towards each other. That's, again, that's another game changer because blocking in the game always felt, I'm not sure how I can describe it. I, I just always hated doing it. It didn't work as well as I wanted. And now that it, it can be bound to wherever the hell you want, that's really going to make me enjoy the game a whole lot more. And it seems kind of petty to say that because the game's fantastic and something small like this, well, something that should be small, it just doesn't, it's not small. It, it's a big deal, and I'm glad they're changing it. You are the game. You are the power. Now you're playing with power, body power. You get the power pad, control deck, zapper, and three games only in Nintendo's exciting new power set. All right, let's get into gameplay. I want to talk about a game that I played. I got a, um, a review copy of a twin-stick shooter RPG uh, called Neurovider. Neurovoider. It's a really not the best name, but that's okay because uh, the game's fantastic. I'm not going to make you wait until the end to find out if it's good or not. It's a very, very good game. Um, they say it is a twin-stick shooter RPG set in a cyber-futuristic world about brains shooting around evil robots with nuclear rocket launchers. Battle through the horde of vigilant robots. Boost your character with the smoking remains of your victim and defeat the master neurovoider to end this eternal war. Play it co-op with up to four friends or go alone on the adventure of Hack and Slash Rampage. With a pinch of roguelite and some permadeath, Nintendo Switch exclusive content includes single switch or single Joy-Con play mode with auto aim for fast and casual game multiplayer sessions, uh, dual Joy-Con and Pro Controller support included, uh, 1080p 60 frames per second in uh, uh, docked mode, 720p 60 frames per second in all modes, and all the additional content from other platforms is. Uh, in the game, and this game comes out for thirteen ninety nine. I got a review copy, so I am going to be upfront about that. This game is very, very good, but I didn't pay for it. You know, I got a review copy, and I did a Twitch stream the other day. I got to say, probably four or five people said this is a this is a game that I am going to be buying after seeing it. I think Neurovoider would be it, it would be in their best interest to put a demo out. Like, just let you play it two or three times to try it out because you're going to die. You're going to die fast. I died quite a lot. But the game is very, very fun. There are some control things that I wasn't a huge fan of, but I, I can't put my finger on them exactly. Um, just like things there, I was a little confused about which button I needed to push for a certain thing, but that that's probably just me. Uh, the graphics are really cool looking. It reminds me a lot of, oh gosh, I can't remember the name of the game. It was another game. Oh, Phantom Trigger. It ri reminds me, the graphics remind me of Phantom Trigger in the color palette. Uh, but it looks more high res than that. It's not like a super high res thing. It's still kind of 16-bit looking, but it looks a little bit more high res than, than, than Phantom Trigger. But they use the same color palette almost. And it's a roguelite. If you like roguelite games, then you're going to like this. And if you don't know what a roguelite game is, this is the kind of game where 
you play, you die, you start over. Um, and when you start over, you've got nothing left. You got to start from scratch and that's okay. Cause it's cool. And there's a lot of choice in this game. So there's three classes. You've got a tank class, the fortress, I believe. Then you've got the rampager and then the dash. Uh, the rampager has a button which will allow them to uh, shoot really, really fast. But you run out, of, you you overheat real quick if you do that. Um, then you've got fortress will have a button where you can push that button and it will put a bubble around you and you're pretty much invulnerable, but you can't move. And then the dash. Uh, they have a button that will let you do a short teleport. And then after you do that teleport, you can do like a melee attack, which does a lot of damage, but it's, it's, you know, high risk, high reward because you got it in getting close to these guys that are shooting a lot of bullets at you at the time. So the first, that's the first thing you choose is which, which class do you want? Then the next thing you got to choose is which ability do you want? Because then there's this, I don't even know how many abilities there were. There were a ton of them. Um, there were at least I think there were at least 20 uh, different abilities, like a button that you heal with, a button there where you would uh, teleport. There would be a button where you could um, do like an EMP and fry all the enemies around you for two seconds or so. And then let's say after you've picked your ability, um, so you pick your class, then you pick your ability, and then it, it gives you a choice of three different levels that you can go to. And let's say that you survive that level. At the end of the level, you've destroyed all the reactors. You hold down, I think it's the X button, and you teleport out. And then it gives you this um, this menu where you can look at all the loot you have. You can scrap the loot that you don't want, equip the new stuff. You look at the stats, and you're like, all right, well, this one has a higher da damage per second, but this one has a faster rate of fire. So, you know, you kind of have to make decisions there. And it's always good when a game gives you the chance to make a lot of decisions. That's always great. Um, then what you can do, you can use the scrap that you get by destroying the loot that you don't want in order to heal your character up. And then you go to the next level. They give you three more levels to choose from. And I haven't beat the game yet. I haven't gotten to the Neurovoider to take him out. I probably can't. I'm, I'm probably not good enough. But this is also a four-player game. And so maybe if I sat down with some other people, we could do it. My son was very busy the day uh, that, I, that I got it, and I haven't had a chance to play it with him. But I'm very interested in checking out how the auto-aim is on uh, where, you, where you're just using a single Joy-Con. And that could really be a lot of fun, where you take a Joy-Con off, hand it to somebody. This is what the Switch is all about. It's all about, as Nintendo puts it, sharing the joy. You hand off a Joy-Con to somebody, you've got one yourself, and you're playing a game together wherever you are. That's super cool. So anyway, um, if you haven't picked up Neurovoider, I highly recommend that you do. For $13.99, I think it's a steal. Uh, it's one of those games that you're always going to be happy that it's on your Switch because you can play it real quick. Trust me, you'll die. You'll die a lot. And, and it's also one of those games where you... You have that um, that mentality of, okay, let's just try this one more time. And that's the kind of gameplay that really sucks you in, where you always have that one more time, one more time. What will the future bring from Nintendo? Two stories in the lightning round today. The first one is that there is a trailer for Farming Simulator for the Switch. 
If that's your kind of game, hooray for you. That's not really for me, but that's okay. Um, then we've got a rumor. Uh, this is by uh, this is from a neo gaffer. Uh, I guess it's the same neo gaffer that had predicted that uh, Rockstar was going to be bringing um, L.A. Noir to the Switch. Well, he is saying that he has heard, or she. I'm not. I'm not gender guessing. Um, they are saying there. We'll use. We'll use a neutral uh, pronoun. Um, they are guessing or hearing that Nintendo is having a Nintendo Direct on September 13th. And I think it's about time for it. It probably will heavily focus Mario uh, Odyssey. Uh, we'll probably discuss what's going on a little bit with Metroid, the, um, the 3DS version, which comes out that week. Um, and then what else do we think they'll talk about? I think we'll probably see some Xenoblade 2, which, by the way... Every time I see anything about that game, it gets higher on my want list. Uh, Xenoblade 2 looks to be an absolute blast. And um, we've got a whole bunch of indies that they've just shown us. I wonder if they'll show a little bit more of that. I would hope to hear more stuff about what's coming probably early next year. I, I think September is probably a good a good point to tell us about anything that's going to be released in January or February. You don't want to do it too soon, but you don't want to do it too late either. Uh, so I think that I think that we'll definitely hear some Mario, some Metroid, and hopefully some January or February news. Uh, anyway, that is it for the lightning round. Um, coming soon, we've got Lego Dimensions, Beetlejuice, Teen Titans Go, and Powerpuff Girls for the Wii U. I can't believe all these games are still coming to the Wii U. And for the Switch, we've got uh, Rayman Legends Definitive Edition. Now, I, I've heard that this is exactly the same game that is on the Wii U, so if you've already got it, don't, don't double dip here. Uh, there's really no reason to do so, uh, but those are the games that are coming out on September 12th. The next podcast will be on September 12th, and then I'll tell you about what's coming on September 14th. So make sure that you guys tune in. Will you be the one to witness the birth of the incredible Nintendo Entertainment System? The one to play with Rob, the extraordinary video robot. Batteries not included. That is all the time that we have for today. If there's a story that I missed or a topic that you would like to hear discussed, let me know. Or just a question that you want answered, let me know. You can do so by emailing me, runjumpstomp at gmail.com. You can give me a phone call at 260-RUN-JUMP. That's 260-786-5867. And uh, you can join the Discord. We have conversations in there all the time, sometimes sometimes about stuff that's not Nintendo, but mostly Nintendo stuff. Uh, that's runjumpstomp.com slash Discord. And, of course, stop by the live stream. I streamed a little bit of Mario Plus Rabbids today, although um, the hub that I have hooked up up here in my office to, so that everything is on ethernet died today. So, uh, that, that kind of interrupted the stream, but don't worry, we'll be back up soon. I think my, my next, uh, stream, unless I stream on Sunday, which is tomorrow, I'm not sure. Uh, but my next stream after that, I think will be on Wednesday because I've got to work Monday night. Um, Anyway, if you're looking for ways to support the show, you can buy stuff from my wife's Etsy shop. That's etsy.com slash shop slash run, jump, stomp. You can join the Patreon for as little as a dollar. You get uh, exclusive rewards like being able to listen to me record this live through the Discord. You can get these, uh, you get the show notes early. You can comment on the show notes. Uh, What else is there? I draw horrible, I draw pictures very, very poorly. 
this week was or this month I drew Sonic the Hedgehog because I'm hyped about Sonic Mania. Uh, you can find all that stuff at patreon.com slash shop. No, patreon.com slash run, jump, stomp. Sorry, I was mixing up my URLs. And finally, the the easiest and cheapest way to support the show, well, the freest way to support the show, is to go to iTunes and give us a review or use the Amazon affiliate link. Uh, anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, special thank you go out to Noteblock for the use of the intro music. And I've got some outro music this time from Tom Winter. Uh, the music is called Legend of Zelda Gerudo Valley. And uh, definitely give it a listen and head on over to Noteblock's YouTube uh, channel and Tom Winter's YouTube channel. The links are in the show notes. Thanks again, everybody, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Switchcraft is brought to you by Audible. Audible is the publisher and distributor of the world's largest selection of digital audiobooks and spoken word content. Audible customers can listen anytime and anywhere to professionally narrated audiobooks across a wide range of genres, including bestsellers, new releases, sci-fi, romances, classics, and more. Get two free audiobooks to start. After 30 days, if you decide to cancel, you get to keep the books. If you decide to stay on, and you probably will, get one book every month for $14.95. In addition, you also get 30% off the price of additional audiobook purchases. Cancel anytime. Your books are yours to keep even if you cancel. You can sign up today for your free 30-day trial at runjumpstomp.com audible and directly support the show.